Today, I am bringing an extra episode. Um, we're going into our third episode of the week, but the reason I'm doing this is because we are living in such a catastrophic time with the pandemic and COVID-19. I know that's all anybody's talking about, that's all we're hearing about, but if you are a small business owner and entrepreneur, there are some very important things that you need to know as far as the government's plans to provide supplemental income and support to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Our economy is taking a huge impact but it's the government's hope and all I think all of our hope that when this subsides or, or passes, we can start our lives right away and we can put money back into the economy right away and the economy will thrive as quickly as possible again. So I invited Jenny Schottmiller. You may recognize her name from episode 14. Jenny is a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed certified public accountant. She has a business, Simple Profit, where simple, she offers free resources as well as coaching and educational courses to support and empower small business owners. Jenny is just incredibly bright and brilliant when it comes to understanding the economy and business taxes and finances. So I, I brought her on and we had a great conversation and I think that you're going to find this information still valuable. I will say you definitely want to grab a notebook and pen because there's so much valuable information you're going to want to write it down. But if you can't get it all, don't worry because Jenny has all of this information on her website and you will be able to access everything you need to know about the economy and all of the government funds, um, funding, all of the government funding programs for small business owners and entrepreneurs by visiting her website, which you will hear at the end of the episode. So tune in, listen, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, it's not your typical um, in, inspiring episode, but I think that the value you find will inspire you in a different way and help you going forward so that you don't have to go into a sense of panic over what's happening with your, within your small business. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a personal branding expert and photographer. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about personal branding, personal development, and life overall in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build a business from the ground up when I was terrified to put myself out into the world. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive in to a new episode. Jenny Schottmiller, welcome back to the Second Phase Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Well, 
we are, of course, living in unprecedented times. And your knowledge and expertise for those who may have listened to episode 14 related to small business um, finances and taxes, you were a wealth of information in that episode. And I encourage if people haven't listened to that episode to go back and listen to it. But today we're going to dive in and talk specifically about all of the business concerns, economic concerns for small business owners and entrepreneurs related to COVID-19 and the catastrophic effects it's having on our economy and our ability to keep our businesses running. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so it's so much right now and because there's so much information and confusion, there is a ton of confusion between the government, the banks, these programs and business owners. It is really hard for a business owner right now to get a clear idea of what's going on. And it seems as though the information that's coming out is changing daily. So with that said, what should business owners do now? What, how can they inform themselves and then prepare themselves? Yeah, so the first thing I recommend a business owner does, even if you did this a few weeks ago, is take stock of where you are business-wise and personally. Look at your bills, your income, what your income used to be, if it's dropped or it's stopped, and take a look at your uh, personal bills, what's due, what can wait. Some uh, lenders uh, and like credit card companies and student loan companies. If you have like a federal student loan, it's it's already um, uh, on forbearance if you're if you haven't been making your payments. But if you have a private student loan, for example, or you have a credit card, if you call them, they may hold off on your payments, and in some cases, will also not charge you interest right now during this time. So take stock and look at your entire financial picture and where you stand. I would call that an assessment. And it is much better and much easier to make an an important decision when you've done a thorough assessment of where you stand. Because you might look at things and you might say, well, you know what? I have a little savings and I called these people that I owe and they're going to hold off on getting payment. They're actually going to help me out financially. So I'm not in as bad of position as I thought. Or you might look at it and be in the unfortunate situation of saying, I actually am in trouble right now. But if you, you need to know that before you make a decision, it is one of the most difficult things is to make a decision in a crisis because our emotions are higher. And when our emotions are higher, we have less access to the frontal lobe of our brain where we make decisions. We're more in instinct mode. So the, when you do an assessment, what you're doing is you're, you're putting that, that effort more onto your frontal lobe and your thought process and thinking through what you need. If you know what you need, then you need to know what is available to you as a business owner. And there's basically three things. So I'm going to do a little overview real quick. And then at the end, we'll point people to where my resources are so that you can get a more thorough understanding of each of these. But the uh, Congress passed the CARES Act, which is specifically for this pandemic and to help people in the economic shutdown. The goal is we want to keep people being paid and employed even if they're not working. So that when we can all go back to uh, normal operations, whatever normal is for you, then we can just restart our businesses. They haven't collapsed. We haven't lost our um, commercial lease space because we weren't paying the rent. You know, like we're ready to restart. And we wanna keep people housed and fed and safe. 
during this time. So the first thing is unemployment. If you have had to let go of your employees because you don't have any revenue coming in and you don't have any work, you've had to shutter your business, you can encourage them to go to unemployment and unemployment benefits have been expanded. The challenge is that the unemployment offices are overwhelmed and because unemployment was also opened up to self-employed through the CARES Act, the, they've never done unemployment for self-employed. So you can imagine a uh, typically archaic bureaucratic government entity now having to do entirely new forms, training people, IT portals, things changing their entire business model overnight. We've seen the banks do this, but the unemployment office are even less prepared to do something like this. So it's harder to get hold of them. It's harder to get claims processed. And if you are self-employed and going for unemployment, you might not even have the right application yet. So this is an option because they will retroactively give you, if you know, the depending on what your the state rules are, you have to follow the rules, but you may be able to get back unemployment from when this started and with an extra $600 a week over the typical unemployment benefits. In addition to that, some states, including Pennsylvania, have partial unemployment, which means you can get partial unemployment benefits while you're still working. So if you are in the situation where your business has been reduced but not stopped, you may, as a business owner, or your employees may still be able to get some, un some employment ben unemployment benefits while still working. And this is called WorkShare. There's a number of different names for this program, but when you, um, when, we, when you go to my resource page that we'll talk about at the end, I actually have a list. If you're not in Pennsylvania, you can go and see if your state has partial unemployment. And the government is encouraging uh, states to start partial unemployment where they haven't had it before. So that's the first option is unemployment. The second option is the SBA disaster loans, also known as the EIDL loans and grants. So you'll see these names thrown around. EIDL stands for Economic Injury Disaster Loan because there's two types of injuries that the, the SBA covers. One is if you know you're, there's a tornado and your home is destroyed, and the other is if you have an economic impact from a disaster. In the entire United States and ter all territories have been declared a disaster area for the purpose of economic injury. If you apply for a loan, it's a 30-year, under, just under 4% loan, but it comes with a grant. And we are very unsure about what this grant is, but the, the th main thing you wanna know about this is that if you apply for a disaster loan, on the third page of the application, when you go to the application, it says it's gonna take two hours, it's not. They changed it, it will take 15 minutes. On page three, right above where you put in your bank information is a little button said advance. And that means I would like to give you some money, give, I would like you to give me some money without any strings attached that I can use for my business. It says up to $10,000. What we think is going to happen is it is going to be $1,000 per person. So if you have a business and you have one employee, you get $2,000. One for you and one for your employee. It's not very much money, but there are some people where that is going to really just, that with the stimulus checks are just going to help them out a little bit and that might be all they need. So that program could be appropriate for some people. Also, we're getting new information every day. So it could be that the grant is higher. Um, it's not more than 10,000, but we really don't know yet. So that's an option to look at and to keep watching. But it's important to know that when they talk about the disaster loan or the EIDL loan or the EIDL grant, that that is separate from the next program I'm going to talk about because there's so much information right now in the media and a lot of people do not understand the differences between these programs and the terms get really mixed up.
So the so people, can yeah. I, can I ask you a question really quick? Mm-hmm. So for someone who has a business, mm-hmm. but they're, they're working because they're driven. They want, they want slash need to work. They need that professional interaction. So they have this business, but all of a sudden they have no business, no clients, no income coming in, but their spouse is able to support them, support their family. So they're not in dire need in dire need of help, but at the same time, they're used to an income coming in. Mm-hmm. Are these, are these, um, are they available? Guess, yeah. Are these yeah. available to them? Yes. If you own a business, even if your family doesn't hundred percent depend on your income specifically, you are still entitled to apply for these. We still want your business to keep going. And a lot of us have uh, physical rented space that we can't use right now because we're working online from our homes. And if, you know, if, if you're, if you're renting a space, that's a few hundred dollars a month or maybe $700 a month, and you can get a thousand dollar grant, that's certainly going to help you offset some of that rent costs. Or if you've incurred some additional costs to try to do more of your work online and you've had to in, in, um, invest in some technology, then in, in that that might help you out. The, the main thing is we don't think the EIDL grant at this point is going to be a, a significant amount of money, but for some people, they just need a little bit of help. And the eligibility is, do you have a business? So it, it, they don't look at your family assets. They don't look at your savings. They're, they're just they're looking not looking at, at your tax returns from the previous <clears throat> year. They, in, in some cases, they might look at your tax returns to, to understand your business earnings but not to disqualify you from the loan. Because if you were used to making money before the pandemic, we want to help people get through this pandemic. We're treating this, the government is treating this as if, look, it's nobody's fault. And we just have to keep people, you know, fed, housed, and healthy through this. And if that means that we need to give businesses a little bit of money to help them out with the extra cost or the lost revenue, they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a trickle effect. We don't, you know, we think of it as, oh, this person has no business and no income coming in. But if that's the case, then they're not spending and they're not buying and supporting right. another local business. And it just trickles down. Right. And and we're, we just want to kind of stay in survival mode, but not uh, completely collapse if we can. And if this goes on for a long time, we don't know what's going to happen. But if, if it goes on another month and we can just keep everyone kind of treading water, for that long, so that the 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 thing that, that that has been consistently talked about by the government is, we just want to be able to restart quickly, and if you can keep your business afloat right now and keep yourself afloat, then when they say every that everything is back open and and we can do business as usual, you're going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. So and have that's the money okay. to spend to and keep the, the economy exactly. Going. And on the flip side, this is for people who have been impacted. So there are certain businesses that have or, or happen to be a highly need business, like a grocery store or something. This, these programs are not for someone who's having increased revenues or working just as much. There are some people who are, you know, still able to do their work. Maybe their business was online already and they happen to have something that they're selling or that they're providing a service that people are still in demand of. For example, I'm a therapist and there's some therapists that are still being able to see as many clients. There's a lot of therapists that are down about half. And then there's some therapists that do like in-person testing that aren't working at all. So right. if you're working completely and your revenue has not really been impacted, then, then, then the programs are not for you. They're for people who've been impacted. So I want to um, 
I want to talk a little bit about the PPP loan program because it's a a lot of confusion. So the PPP stands for Paycheck Protection Program, but PPP loan, this is the one that you go through the banks. By contrast, the the disaster loans go through the SBA website. The PPP loans go through the bank. And this is creating a huge problem for people because being having access to your bank right now is difficult. If you have certain banks, they might only work with you if you have a business account with them. And if you already had one before this started and you may not do that, you might have a small business where you have a personal account that's separate that you've been using for your business. And now you don't have a business banking relationship. And there are banks that are, um, limiting themselves out or have been limited by the government with how much they can lend. And so access to your banks is a hard. Also, the banks are still struggling to understand all the rules so that they can comply with the rules. And I think most people are a little frustrated with how this process is going, but it's a ginormous undertaking that, that we have thrown onto the banks. And they're, you know, I think everyone, including the business owners, we're just doing our best. But it's very frustrating when your business is really suffering, and especially if you do depend on your business income to support your family, and you have to wait, and you get confusing information. So there's the main thing. The PPP loan program is looking at your payroll costs. If you have employees, you have payroll. If you own a corp, you have payroll for yourself. It also includes employee benefits. It also includes state and local taxes that the employer pays. For self-employed people, it includes your net earnings for your business. So for example, your business might earn $3,000 a month, but you only take 1,000. What this program looks at is what do you earn? Because you are entitled as a business owner to take what you earn if you're self-employed. So if, you, if you're a sole proprietor or an LLC owner, you are self-employed, you pay self-employment tax, and your profit and loss statement at the, the, the bottom of your profit and loss statement, you have your revenues, you have your expenses, and the bottom of that thing says net income. And that number can be included for purposes of calculating this loan. So you take anyone who's a W-2 employee and their payroll. You take, if you're self-employed and you don't have payroll, you take your net earnings and these other things like benefits and taxes, certain taxes, and you average it. If you've been in business for, since, um, since early 2019, you're going to average your 2019 payroll is what they're suggesting. If you started your business after, from July 2019 or after, they're suggesting you use an average payroll of January, February 2020. So you take January, take February, and you average them. If that puts you in a position with way less payroll than you had expected to pay in March, then you need to talk to your bank and say, I'm having trouble determining what period is appropriate to average my payroll. Once you calculate your average payroll, this loan is two and a half times your average payroll. So if your average payroll is $5,000 a month, your earnings plus your NEW2 employees is $5,000 a month, you go that times 2.5, and you have a loan potential of $12,500. And that's it. You don't add anything else into there unless you've already gotten, excuse me, already gotten an EIDL loan. Sorry. So if you've already gotten an EIDL loan, then that would be added. If you haven't gotten an EIDL loan, you can't add it in because you have no information about what loan you might get in the future. So let's say you come up with a loan amount of $12,500 and they give you that loan. You, that's how you applied. The, the application is actually pretty short. They're going to want to verify your payroll information. You're going to have to provide them with a profit and loss statement. And if you don't have one, you're going to need to create one and you would need it for your taxes anyway. 
you get this loan and you have to use 75% or more of it on paying yourself and paying your employees. They want the majority of this money to go for paying people. Now, the question people often have is, well, but I have personal bills that I need. Well, once you pay yourself, you can pay your personal bills. This is, you know, the, the concept here is if we pay people, then they're going to be financially okay on the personal side, just like they are if they're working. And you can use up to 25%. So if you use 75% or more, the remainder can be used for only three things. Your office rent, any business mortgage that you had before this all started, and utilities related to your office space. You cannot use it for training that you're doing online. You cannot use it for equipment that you've set up for working remotely. You can't, you can't use it for any of that. You, you can 75% for payments for two individuals and up to 25% for those three things. And if you do that, if you pay and use the money as intended, they will then forgive the loan. So 60 days later, you will go back to the bank. You will show them your documentation or certify that you use it as agreed and then they can forgive you a loan. This makes people really nervous because I can't get it forgiven until after. So one thing that I'm recommending that you can do is let's say you need this money, but you also have gotten your mortgage company to hold off for two months. You've also gotten your credit card to stop requiring you to make a minimum payment for two months. You've, you've gotten to the point where you're like, okay, I could, I could basically make it through, but I would be in really bad shape after. Go ahead and apply for the loan. Use it as intended because that's what you have to do to get it forgiven. And then take whatever money you don't have to have to have to spend right now and put it in a personal savings account. Use it if you need it because this is to keep you housed and fed and healthy. But if you can hold off because the payments to the, to the people you owe are holding off, just wait the 60 days and once it's forgiven, then you're going to feel a lot free and clear. You're going you're gonna to know that this loan has already been forgiven. You can take that out of your personal savings and go pay your mortgage and go pay your credit card and go pay your student loan and catch back up. Not everyone's going to be in that position that they can do that. But if you can do that, that gives you a little peace of mind that you're not going to have a loan. The other thing is people are concerned that the requirement of this loan is you maintain your, your um, employees. So let's say you have two employees. And one has just completely dropped off. Like they're, they went, they're, they're not going to work for you anymore. You're expected to rehire the, that employee or an equivalent employee. And you're basically going to pay them for not working. I mean, the idea here is we're paying, we're, the government is giving the business money to give it to the workers, even if you're closed and can't work. So that those are still your employees. So you can go hire someone or rehire somebody to say, I'm going to keep paying you. It's as if you're working. And if you can't do that, then less of the loan is forgiven, but you didn't spend the money. If you went from two employees to one employee and your loan was based on having two, well, you didn't spend all your money. You should still have it in the bank to pay back the loan. They'll give a por forgive a portion and then a portion you will repay, but you'll have the cash. So don't spend the money of the PPP loan unless you're using it as intended because you might have to repay it. But the, the main reason, and this is a very good intent, they're having this 60-day period where they forgive it afterwards because they want to make sure someone didn't go out and buy a motorcycle with it. Mm -hmm. That's it. They're not trying yeah. to you know, make business owners um, spend it on payroll and then not get it forgiven. They just want to make sure that you did use it to keep your business open. And if you shuttered your business, you don't get to keep this money. 
It's to keep you open. So there's a logic to it that makes sense, even though it is a little bit nerve wracking because there's so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It's, it's overwhelming. I'm just it listening is. to you talk and I'm like, oh my goodness. And I've heard most of this from you before. Um, so it, it I know. Overwhelming. Um, and one, one thing about, being, about it being overwhelming is that if you're the, hearing this for the first time, it's going to be even more overwhelming. You need to be exposed to information multiple times for it to seven times, like probably seven times. Think about anytime you've learned anything, like nobody ever went to an economics class and understood it all by the first day, but by the end of the semester, you probably did. So it is overwhelming. It's a lot. We're under stress, but keep reading, looking at the information, thinking through what might benefit you and what you might need. And you will probably get to an answer that's going to work for you. And then Jenny, is there a difference between the types of businesses? So you mentioned like an S Corp, LLC. So we have entrepreneurs, we have small business owners, and each one of those is a different type of entity. So is there a difference in what you can apply for or how you apply if you are different entities? So it does. The good news is that all businesses, regardless of your type, you do not have to be an LLC. You can be a sole proprietor. You can be an independent contractor. Any business, you have a legitimate business, not a business you just made up because you want to get some free money and not um, a hobby, but a legitimate business, you can apply for, for either the EIDL program or the PPP loan program. The confusion lies in that the way that the um, government has described who is eligible to apply when for the PP loans leaves a lot of confusion. And so for, there's two things that confuse people. One is it, they, they described self-employed and sole proprietor as if they're two different things. So with the PPP loan, if you have employees, meaning you're an employee or you have other employees, you can apply for the PPP loan already. It started on April 3rd. If you have no employees and you're self-employed, self-employed means you are a sole proprietor or an LLC and you pay self-employment tax. That's what self-employed is. If it's just you and you don't have a corporation, then you can apply with the PP loans, PPP loans starting on Friday, April 10th. And so they had those two dates for a specific reason, because if you have payroll, then you have payroll reports. And that's a lot easier for them to determine average payroll using payroll reports. If you are just an individual, like my, my therapy practice is just a sole proprietor. My, um, my simple profit business is an LLC. I'm self-employed in both. Um, and I don't have employees. There's no payroll. The self-employed person cannot pay, an owner cannot pay themselves on payroll. You are not an employee if you are self-employed. And that's because you pay self-employment tax rather than payroll tax. So if you don't have any employees and you're self-employed, they have to do a little more work. You have to provide them with your accounting statements, your revenues, less your expenses to show your net income. And so they put a second just because it's going to be a little bit more work. The other thing that confuses people is if you're an independent contractor, so you work for another business and they give you a 1099. A lot of times independent contractors don't think of themselves as business owners, but they are. They're business owners. They're self-employed. You could, you could be an independent contractor and you can have an LLC. You could have a sole proprietorship. You could even form a corporation for your contract work. So to give people a sense, there are basically four types of businesses. There are sole proprietors, LLCs, partnerships, S-corps and C-corps. All of them can apply for both programs. All of them. 
But if you're a sole proprietor or an LLC owner, you're self-employed and you don't have payroll. So when they ask for payroll reports, you won't have that. So that means the PPP loan is not applicable. It is applicable. You just can't apply till the 10th. Okay. It's just, it's just, they, they want to hit the most number of employees the soonest. So if you had employees, you could apply earlier because you're going to have different documentation and you're going to be paying more people. So you get to go first. The PPP loans are first come first serve and people are a little bit nervous about them running out of money, but they have, the government has said in both parties, whatever your political leanings have said, we are going to continue to fund this program as long as we can. So they're, they don't, they're not running out this week. They're not running out tomorrow. They're not running out probably even in two weeks and they're already talking about funding it more, but any business can apply for either one of these programs. It just might be a matter of the timing that you apply and the type of documentation that you have to supply. Wow. This is so valuable. So helpful. Thanks. My my goal, you know, one of my, my, my goal in my simple profit business is always educating people, uh, business owners on, on accounting and tax and and business finance matters. And so there's um, been, you know, an overwhelming need right now in the business community to understand the options. And it's really, really challenging for the professionals to get it right because of everything changing so much. And it's just really, really then hard for the business owner to know what they can rely on. And it's even hard for me to know what to rely on when they are changing the information. So I'm doing my best. And I, I really encourage business owners to just do your best also. Your, your best is whatever you have right now to work with and whatever you can do. Yeah, and I think what you said earlier is a really key thought too, is to not not panic because being in a crisis is, is like you said, the most difficult time to make a decision. And mm-hmm. I love how you got into the science of that and the frontal lobe and the brain because <laughs> I'm such a nerd. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but I um, I think it's really important to learn what you can learn and invest the time before panicking because I don't think that there's an yes there is a certain level where maybe panic is going to be necessary but I think right now while we're still in the throes of this being relatively new and there's so many unknowns instead of panicking do your assessment and then look for the resources that are available to you to learn what you need to learn and how you can do this in the most effective way right so with that said where can people find you? Because I know every day you're putting out valuable information. Your blog is a great resource. So how can people find you to tap into the additional information and resources that you're putting out as things change? Yeah. So I have um, two websites right now, two pages on my website right now. So my main website is simpleprofit.com. And if you go to simpleprofit.com slash coronavirus, you will get an overview of all of the information. So things that I didn't cover today, such as some local governments have small business grants. Facebook is supposedly going to be having some small business grants, some information about the delayed tax day. There's a big overview of all of the different resources for businesses and professionals at that website. And that website at the top will link you to a second page where I have a comparison of unemployment, EIDL loans and grants, and the PPP loan program with some frequently asked questions below. So, you know, even though we would hope, we can hope to avoid panic, you might need to be sad or upset. I've noticed for myself, I have kind of a good day and then a bad day, and then a good day and then a bad day. 
And especially like going to the grocery store now and seeing everyone covered up and, you know, masks and gloves and, and almost shying away from other people because we have to keep this distance and having this reaction like we would have if we were grossed out by somebody, but really we're just trying to be safe. When I go into that environment, I feel sad. And if you're a person who doesn't feel, doesn't recognize sad very much, then fine. You don't need to feel something you don't feel. But even if we don't want to panic and make a panicky decision, we can still allow ourselves to feel how we feel. But even regardless of how you feel about it, if you feel determined or you just feel really sad, read through the information on my web pages a couple of times before you make a decision. And I link one of my things when I'm doing education is I want to tell you where I got the information. I want you to be able to check and verify. I fact check myself all the time. And I encourage other people to fact check me, especially in this environment where information changes all the time. And I appreciate when people tell me, oh, you messed something up. And I will thank you so much because I want to get the right answer. When you read through the information multiple times, it starts to make sense. It starts to become less overwhelming and it, you, you will get some clarity the, the more that you do it um, and read the links. If I link you to somewhere, it's probably because that has additional information that I'm not necessarily summarizing. But if you're going to take out a loan, you want to read the treasury's borrower guide. And I have that right on my web source. If you, if you're going to go for unemployment, you want to go find your unemployment website. And I have a link for that on my, on my webpage. So read the links, read the information, go slow, feel whatever you feel. Feelings are never wrong. They're just the, whatever you feel, you feel, and then we'll try to make it, but we don't want our emotions to drive our decision. We want to make a decision separate from how we feel because we'll make a good decision regardless of whatever our feelings are. Oh, that's great advice. Jenny, thank you so much for being here. I know this is going to help so many people and it's helped me already. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. Ratings and reviews are what give life to podcasts and help others find us. And before you go, have we connected on Instagram yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Find me at the Robin Graham. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your stories so that I can find you too. You can also find me on Facebook at Robin Graham Photography and on LinkedIn as Robin Graham. Please spread the word about the Second Phase Podcast. And until next time, remember to smile.